Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom. We're going to break down some Big Ten expansion. Uh, it is here. Very quickly came together, of course, as everyone knows, last week. Uh, we're going to do our very own Big Ten ex expansion draft, where we're going to draft uh, each of us four more schools to join the Big Ten because it looks like it's going to get up to 20, potentially 24. Then there's people talking, oh, eventually it'll get to 30 uh at some point which is just insane and uh we can talk about all that but we'll start with just kind of more of an open dialogue about usc and ucla and then we'll get into other potential teams to join and then we'll draft our own teams to join but um as i said this kind of came together quickly there were really no rumors about this until one morning what was it last friday thursday. or something yep thursday in the morning boom uh you know this is potentially going to happen. And then it was, oh yeah, this is going to happen by the end of the day. And then it did happen by the end of the day, USC and UCLA. Um, it's crazy. The big 10 is now from coast to coast Rutgers in Maryland, all the way out to Los Angeles. You're going to open up the LA TV market. It's huge for the big Ten's upcoming TV deal. That is probably going to be signed still this summer. Um, and that will expire. The current one expires after this year. Um, but overall, Anthony, your your reaction when all of this went down, I guess, because it came together quickly. Here we are. And now we're talking about more expansion when none of us, you know, more than a week ago even thought that that any of this was going to be possible. Yeah. In the back of my mind, I think I've always thought it was possible, especially given Big Ten Media Days last year was preempted by the news that Oklahoma and Texas were going to join the SEC. And to me, that felt like the first shot across the bow with everything that's going on between, you know, this arms race between the Big Ten and SEC, which is what it's break, you know, what it essentially has become. So I'm not surprised that Big Ten expansion was going to happen at some point. You know, when we first heard that news last summer, it's like, oh, well, who makes sense for the Big Ten? I guess we'll go after Kansas and Iowa State now. Uh, <laughs> they, they swung a little bigger than that. And like you said, Big Ten now expands from sea to shining sea. I got to tell you, man, I've never seen, I shouldn't say that. Rarely have I ever seen a news, uh, a sports news story with that many ripple effects as it pertains to conference realignment or conference expansion. I don't know that I've ever seen something come together that quickly. I mean, if maybe, maybe Oklahoma and Texas last year, that came together pretty quickly, um, which the secret, a little inside baseball, it didn't just happen on Thursday. This has been going on for months. I'm sure that's been going on for at least almost a year. Uh, Thursday was just kind of the day that they decided to drop the nuclear bomb. So USC, UCLA, I mean, that is, you own the LA market now. The Big Ten, that is there. You know, if we look at this like the game of risk or monopoly, monopoly like you have planted your flag in one of the biggest media markets in the country now uh, with, you know, like I said, I know that UCLA has struggled uh, in a lot of sports. I know they have some big financial problems that this move will probably help alleviate for them. Uh, USC is obviously you know, both really iconic brands, UCLA more so in basketball, USC in football. Uh, Lincoln Riley's there now, so we assume that at some point they're going to kind of be back on the, the train to being a national power. So it is that's a big grab, man, and it is going to be fascinating to me to see how, one, you work out the logistics of all of this, you know, if you go to that type of scheduling format that the ACC goes to where everyone rotates on and off the schedule and you have the three protected opponents, that will 
like Michigan's not going to go to LA every year. It doesn't seem like, uh, but who knows? Like we are the way I've said it in podcasts this week, the way I've said it in radio hits this week, we are on the speeding freight train to super conferences. And I have to give the big 10 a lot of credit. Like there have been times where there are issues, uh, you know, at Michigan or at, in the big 10, just in general, we've talked about reactive leadership. This was a pretty, I mean, it's not proactive. It's reactive to what the sec did last summer. But this is about as big of a swing as you could possibly make uh, without grabbing, you know, one or two more of the teams that we'll probably talk about a little bit later. So to me, I think it's exciting. We know like college football, college sports as we know it is is by the wayside. Um, And there are people that are lamenting that. I feel sad about that. But the only way through this change now is forward. And if you're going to survive in whatever this next wave of college sports looks like, you got to get on the train and. Big Ten's on the train, and they might just be driving the train right now. Yeah, I will say I hate it personally, but it makes sense after what happened with Texas and Oklahoma. You you use the term arms race that I've been using all week as well, where you have you know the SEC saying, "Hey, we're going to take these two huge powers, especially Texas, and you know we're just going to keep beefing up what we already are as the you know quote unquote number one conference and whatever." The Big Ten. Now, the reports were that USC and UCLA reached out to the Big Ten. So I will, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on, on you know, calling the Big Ten, you know, proactive. And I know you did as well. But they got this done. They are now, you know, on the West Coast. And they're the most national uh, conference or, or going to be in 2024 when the two teams join. Um now Ohio State has two iconic brands. Ohio State was the only iconic brand in the Big Ten, according to uh, their athletic director, Gene Smith. And now U- UCLA is going to bring that type of prowess. If you've seen their, what they pull, like 20, 30,000 inside the Rose Bowl for their football games uh, last <laughs> year. So now finally a brand like UCLA is joining Ohio State. Uh, and They can pull in those uh, the TV revenue for the Big Ten. Otherwise, Ohio State was just carrying it. But uh, obviously, um, weird comments by by Gene Smith there, who gave more comments on it than anybody, including Kevin Warren of the Big Ten. Michigan releases a, a joint statement between their interim president, Mary Sue Coleman, and athletic director Ward Manuel. Gene Smith uh, is up there at a podium for an hour, almost taking some sort of credit for this. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, the way the two things go, two sides go about it, and then even the way the Big Ten goes about it. Um logistically with this there are a couple issues obviously with some of the non-revenue sports they're going to have to travel to los angeles some of the non-revenue sports uh, for those two la teams will have to travel to the midwest on like a wednesday night um that will be very interesting i'm sure they will you know try to do their best with with making scheduling making sense but at the same time we we have seen a lot of times where you got to get a game in you know, Nebraska's got to go to Rutgers on a Tuesday night, and that's just the way it is. Or Michigan's got to go to, I think it was Minnesota or Penn State and play a 9 o'clock game because of TV. Uh, and then Spike Albrecht has 8 a.m. class in the morning. So there are implications to this that, that are going to happen. Uh, another funny implication of this is picturing USC or UCLA playing in the snow in Ann Arbor, East Lansing, Minnesota, Iowa City. Uh, all that, uh, I guess, you know, more thoughts on, on just kind of how this plays out logistically. And of course we're not done either. So then that kind of leads in as well to 
Well, if they add Oregon and Washington, which doesn't seem like that's a slam dunk or anything, um, but, you know, just for example, or Stanford or whatever, there'd be a little more, you know, you'd be able to split things up a little more where there's some travel easier for those teams. Logistically, it would kind of make a little bit more sense. And I think we're headed that way. Anyway, you mentioned super conferences. I think that's that's basically what we're building here. And I think eventually we're going to see, you know, maybe sooner rather than later, the super conferences break away from the NCAA or even the Power Five or however they do the college football playoff and just do their own in, in some of the bigger sports, football, obviously, and potentially men's basketball. And uh, that, that kind of brings me back to your point of the ripple effect. You're right. One day we get this news, and the next thing you know, the NCAA is, is on its way to becoming obs- even more obsolete than it already was on its way to becoming. So just, just absolutely insane. But I guess your thoughts on some of the logistics here, and then that transitions us into next steps with adding other teams. It starts with the answer to a very important, uh, a very important answer to a question, and everyone will ask, "What? Why is UCLA and USC doing this? Why is the Big Ten doing this?" The answer to default to for all of these things is money, the TV money. It's it's there is so much money being thrown around right now. Uh, it is ridiculous, which is why the fact that there are still mini tangent here, the fact that there are still people sort of against NIL and, and these kids getting a piece of the pie. I shouldn't say kids, they're young men. Um, these student athletes getting a piece of the pie. I think it's laughable because when you see moves like this, this isn't the Big Ten driving a move like this. This isn't it, This isn't even really the institutions driving a move like this. It's it's Fox. It's ESPN. We are living in a, in a society now where basically the TV networks are building the future of the sport. And it goes back to what you said about the NCAA being useless. Like there is absolutely no, it's the wild West. There is no oversight here. And there are some very, like we are lucky to cover a program that has a national pedigree, but college football is a very college football in particular, really college sports. These are very community based um, you know, entities where it's a, it's woven into the fabric of, you know, your college town, your area, things like that. Um, you know, there are logical regional rivalries that come out of it. Uh, I just, something that, and I know it's not really addressing the question of the logistics, but something that just kind of bothers me is I, I'm a graduate of a Mac school. I, I watch Mac football. Um, TV money runs that as well because they're playing games in front of empty stadiums on Tuesday and Wednesday nights because that's when ESPN will put them on the air. Uh, that bothers me. And and the fact that there's this growing divide, like I know, like I'm not naive to think that Central Michigan has ever been on the same playing field as Michigan. I mean, they, they get paid a million and a half bucks every five to 10 years to get their the, the brakes beaten off of them in Ann Arbor. But it feels like those schools are mattering less. And it's, I don't know, it's all of this makes me feel a little slimy and a little uncomfortable. But when you look at, where Michigan stands in all of it. Uh, this is you. It's good to be on the side of, you don't want to be reactionary. Like the PAC 12 has to be like the big 12 has to be like in a lot of ways. They like, I bet half the ACC is going to wind up uh, in the SEC at some point. I really do think we're heading to people say two super conferences. I think we're probably heading to three of like 65 to 66 members. Uh, and that will kind of be who dukes it out for 
know, the big prize and everyone else. Well, good luck. Good luck to you, I guess. So yeah, it's, it's swift change. It's quick change uh, and quick change is uncomfortable. But like I said, if you're Michigan, if you're the big 10, you'd rather be on the side of it where you are more of the tip of the spear as opposed to, you know, being the thing speared into, so to speak. That's, that's something I wanted to actually bring up too, where there is something comforting, especially because our jobs are to cover uh, <laughs> a school that is in this position. And, you know, obviously it could be different if we were covering Oregon, who people are like, well, if they don't join the Big Ten, they're going to become irrelevant. You know, why would a recruit want to go there? And, you know, you're seeing those comments made, especially because Michigan is recruiting some similar kids and, and we're seeing that in, in our community. But um, it, it's, you know, kind of comforting to be either a Michigan fan or, you know, cover Michigan or cover Iowa or a team in the big 10 that, Hey, we're the ones, you know, that are going to be in a pretty good position here where the big Ten's at it. You know, when you talk about whether it's two super conferences or three or let's, you know, whatever, four, um, the big 10 is guaranteed to be one of those two or three or four. So that's big. And I think, you know, that speaks to what the big 10 has been for a long time. There's a reason why uh, it's been the Big Ten and SEC as kind of the premier conferences. And, you know, then you have the others. And now you're seeing the benefits of being a well-run, good conference with, you know, smart leadership and, and all of that. It's coming to fruition now that the world is all about money, right? Now that people are deciding. I feel like we could have gotten here a long time ago if more people and, and more power to them, in my opinion. I'm with you. But if more people were more, you know, just all about money, we would have gotten to this point earlier. But now the society has moved to this point. That's that's an, you know, discussion for another day, I guess, because that's kind of overarching. I feel like that we're all living in. But um, let's talk additions to the Big Ten. Obviously, the number one name that comes up beyond, you know, the obvious kind of, okay, well, let's get the other, you know, couple top Pac-12 teams, Oregon, Washington, those teams are brought up. The, the most obvious one and the one that the Big Ten appears to be waiting on is Notre Dame. Uh, they have had their chance to join the Big Ten for years and years and years. They probably could have joined a year ago. They probably could have joined two years ago if they really wanted to uh, get something done. But for them, it has made more sense to stay independent in football, kind of do their little mini scheduling deal with the ACC. They're in the Big Ten in hockey. They're in the ACC and the rest of the sports. And it's kind of worked out fine. They have their NBC deal. Now there's so much money being thrown into these conferences that it might make more sense for them to join a big 10 uh, sec. Does, you know, I feel like they would maybe take them, uh, you know, maybe as a slap in the face of the big 10 too. Um, but that doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me. Um, maybe they, you know, just stay independent. I think that it's either that or the big 10 at this point. Um, I don't want Notre Dame. They've had their opportunity. That's just me personally speaking, but I think it makes a, hell of a lot of sense. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of the domino we're waiting for. If Notre Dame gives a no, the Big Ten is going to go in another direction, maybe steal a couple from the ACC, or maybe they go full out, well, let's be a West Coast and Big Ten conf or in Midwest Conference, basically, and go for four more maybe out of the Pac-12 teams. Uh, so that's kind of just a waiting game at this point. But once that domino falls, I think things are going to fall into line pretty quickly. Yeah, I was about to bring up the to hell with Notre Dame people. And I'm glad that you're I'm, in that camp because now I get, to, I get to address it directly now. Like I'm looking in the camera. I'm looking across the table here. Um, I get it. 
right? And to me, the hatred and, and the hubris of Notre Dame institutionally, to me, that's all of the feelings that you feel about that is why I think it works. And it is the most logical because you're adding a rival. Like you're at like, so here's the thing with Notre Dame. Um, I think that that's not only the logical choice. I think that's what Notre Dame should do uh, because what we're seeing right now, this is, this isn't just, you know, pick your side. This is, this is musical chairs. This is, if you're doing the little dance uh, a couple years from now, those options are going to dry up a bit. And Notre Dame, like, again, it's one of those things like they're going to have to join a con like they can't do this one foot in one foot out deal like they've done with the ACC, because I think the ACC is probably going to get plundered a bit by both the big 10 and the SEC. Um, I think that Notre Dame has a chance to kind of, uh, you know, legitimize itself in what this next iteration of college sports, college football looks like. Um, I, I know the hang up with them a lot of times is with, you know, joining the Big Ten has been, well, we want to play a national schedule. Well, now you just went out west and you got USC, who's one of their rivals. You have the built-in rivalries already with Michigan, with Michigan State. Um, Purdue. Purdue as well. Uh, I know they've had some brush-ups with Ohio State. Like, to me, it, it, like, it makes to me it makes sense uh, for both sides to do that. I don't know where else. Notre Dame, does Notre Dame make any more sense in the SEC? Uh, does Notre Dame make sense in a – in a big 12, that is an amalgamation of the PAC 12 and big 12. What's left over from that. I don't think so. I mean, to me, this is all about, um, you know, establishing a stronghold, a, 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 you know, an alliance that <laughs> there's that word again, alliance, what that, that wound up working out well for everyone. Right. Anytime you can do something with a handshake deal, you totally should. Cause you're not going to get screwed at all. I promise. Um, I think Notre Dame makes sense and where it goes from there. Like, you know, some of the other schools you've talked about, Oregon, Washington, they all make sense. Stanford, if you want to go to the East Coast, Duke, UNC, Virginia, Pittsburgh, they're all, you know, it, it, we had the conversation before we recorded in that, you know, what's when we do this draft that we do in a little bit, what's the criteria for it? And, I, and the point I made was once you take a conference that has traditionally been this Midwest power and you go all the way out West, you skip over two time zones and your next batch of additions are there. Logic and geography are out the window. So uh, from here, I think it's how does the Big Ten turn itself into more of a national uh, power? And I think that's that's where the search will go. And I think it'll be wide ranging. I know they're waiting on Notre Dame. Uh, to me, it almost makes sense to take a couple more big bites of the apple and then say, hey, Notre Dame, we just got Oregon. We just got Washington or we just got Oregon and North Carolina. What do you think now? coast to coast your national scheduling so that's where i think it probably goes but we'll see from here it does seem like big 10 is good at 16 for now uh they the two schools will start in august of 2024 but we'll see how much sooner these other changes take effect because they are coming i think two things that could force notre dame's hand would be one what we talked about a little bit with the ncaa is basically done in the two major sports we're going to run it. We're the Big Ten. We're the SEC. We're going to run it together. Either you're in, you know, or you're out. And Notre Dame, you wouldn't make the playoff if you're not in. Or, you know, maybe they do it, you know, three conferences come together and they say, you're not making it unless you're in. You can play, you know, in the group of five championship that they're going to have. That would force their hand immediately. Notre Dame would never want to do that. And another thing would be, you know, basically, 
let's say they add a Stanford, uh, who Notre Dame also plays. So you have your USC, Stanford, natural rivalries with Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State. And, you know, why would Stanford necessarily, now that they're going to be entering such a, you know, tougher schedule, maybe they don't want to play Notre Dame every year again unless they're, you know, in the Big Ten. And that would take away some of their national schedule that they pride themselves on having. I know there are other teams out there and there'll always be teams willing to play them. But uh, I think shaking things up in their little world that they've created for themselves, uh, I think would also be another, you know, reason for them to join and maybe, those conversations will be ongoing over the next year. Maybe it'll be in two days Notre Dame decides to join. I wouldn't be shocked by anything at this point. And then once you get them, I think it'll naturally fall into line with the direction they go, whether it's a few more West Coast teams, whether it's poaching some from the ACC that, that aren't going to go to the SEC. Um, but I think the Big 12, do you feel like the Big 12 is being pretty proactive here? It seems like they're trying to poach from both sides, uh, especially the big, or the Pac-12 here and kind of creating their own little, you know, not a super conference, but if, if they're still standing at the end, I guess you could call yourself that. If they're what's left, then I guess you're the third one. Uh, you know, right. it, I, I know, I, I will say this, like if you, if you are the Pac-12 and the Big 12, and it's just, you know, if it just works out that way to merge, I think that's still probably fairly competitive, but I don't think you have a, I don't think you've strengthened your bid for, oh, we're going to have a playoff team here in the future. Like to me, it's just adding good to good. And you just have like a very good conference instead of what we think the Big Ten and SEC will have, which is great conferences, conferences that will be in the mix for what an expanded playoff looks like and, and have these schools kind of duking it out. And um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know because I, I know we've seen stuff with the Pac 12 and ACC trying yep. to figure out some kind of scheduling again, another scheduling alliance uh, to sweeten the pot for both of them. But I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, I think eventually you're going to look at schools like Clemson, Florida state, Miami, those they're going to all end up in the sec. Uh, probably another half of those schools will, or another three or four of those schools end up in the big 10. A couple other ones will end up in this little, uh, the third super conference, which really, again, I tried to make the argument for having three super conferences. I've now talked myself into, you'll have two super conferences and then one that wants to be one. Um, but but yeah. you kind of, I mean, we kind of already have better conferences, good conferences, you know, solid yeah. conferences. We already have tiers as it is. At least they would exist, I yeah. feel like, is is almost the point of it should, never know. it should be all about for like the big 12, like both of those conferences, the PAC 12 and the big 12 just lost. Like they're two, like of the, of Oklahoma, Texas, USC, UCLA, they just lost a huge chunk from all of those schools. Like that's a big bite of the apple out of everyone. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they're maybe they're destined for each other. And I think that could work. I do. Cause I, I think there are quality programs there still, um, you know, looking at you, Oregon, looking at you, Washington, uh, schools like that. So I think it's all on the table right now. I'm not 100% sure where it goes because, you know, at least when when the SEC took Oklahoma and Texas, there was – like you could – that was just more kind of extending your territory, right? Whereas the Big Ten went, like I said before, across time zones, across several state lines and grabbed, you know, a couple schools from – the West coast. I mean, that's it. That's as big a swing as anyone has taken so far. So again, I, I likened it to musical chairs earlier. Uh, I think me, I like chaos. I thrive in chaos, knowing that Michigan's not going to be part of the chaos in terms of where they need to figure out 
the way to go. I'm very interested in seeing where this going. This goes next. So we know one one party will be thriving here. It'll be Anthony Broom thriving in the chaos of all of this. So he's he's probably going to destroy me in this draft that we're going to get to. But should we get to it uh, and, and draft our schools here? That'll kind of lead into some natural discussion about some of the schools we haven't mentioned. I do have a big board here uh, that I wrote down on a piece of paper with seven schools on it. Uh, there are probably some others that are in play if you take my picks and uh, I'll just come up with them off the top of my head. But before we get to the draft, just want to talk to everybody about our great sponsor, Manscaped. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got Bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you will have the best-kept nut sack on the cul-de-sac. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code 20GOBLUE for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's 20GOBLUE, 20-G-O-B-L-U-E at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. It's time you level up from the Amazon to the Amadong with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. Anthony, uh, your thoughts on, uh, on Manscaped? Uh, wonderful ad department. Let's start with that. I mean, they, they have, yeah. those folks know how to get your attention and do they ever, uh, I've gotten really good at staying deadpan during it, but that last one did make me giggle a little bit. Manscaped is great. I mean, it's not just, I know they sponsor a lot of podcasts. They've been great to us and our company. Um, it is, it is a product that is all the hype is justified. And then some, I, it's better than anything you can buy at the store. Uh, I love the shampoo, the body wash. Um, they sent like a body spray recently that, yep. you know, it's not like you think body spray and you're like ax and it like, you know, poisons your eyes. Uh, yeah. That's not the case with Manscaped. Everything I've used from them has just been of the highest quality. Uh, I've actually, you know, you actually get compliments every once in a while for smelling nice and whatnot. And not like, you know, sometimes those, those smelly soaps have like a chemical kind of smell to them. I think with Manscaped, it's, it's natural. Their Smooth. products are great. Everything that we've used from them has been of the highest quality. So definitely would, I mean, I cannot recommend them enough. They're awesome. Good to us. hundred percent. So go and uh, support Manscaped, support us there. Um, let's get to our expansion draft. We'll kind of just quickly go through these and, uh, and pick our schools for our hypothetical big 10 that could come true. But, uh, Anthony, I believe you have a coin flip for us here. I do. And those watching will be able to verify and, and actually watch the coin flip on the screen here. Yeah. So shout it, out it, to the YouTube viewers, please like the video and subscribe. That would help out, uh, help us out greatly there. Uh, do you want me to call it or what's going on here? Well, why don't you call it? Cause I'll click. All right. Well, tails never fails, obviously. So I'll take tails. Tails it is. Boom. Um, I want the second pick. You want the, the second pick? Coin toss. Yeah, I, I'll defer to the second half. <sighs> second pick. Okay. Um, I was not prepared for that. I don't know why I was prepared to, to pick second, but I didn't. <laughs> so this is me stalling and, and choosing between one A and one B in my mind. I mean, it's all right. Let's just let's just call it. I mean, I'll I'll take Notre Dame I, okay. for all the reasons I listed before. I think that them wanting a national schedule will work in this new dynamic. I think that them 
uh, the, you know, the historical rivalries are, are kind of preserved here and there's still wiggle room. I, I don't know what the scheduling will look like, but you can still fit in your non-com. I, I love when they play the service academies. I think that's just a good uniform game most of the time. So they can still maybe fit those in there in the non-con uh, with football, but to me it makes all the sense of the world. So Notre Dame, I think is the, the logical choice uh, for number one might be the white whale, but Again, in this draft, it, it makes sense. So we'll go with Notre Dame. I think it's a good pick. They were not on my big board. Uh, I'm kind of taking it. <laughs> of course, it a, they weren't. <laughs> a little bit more of what I want. Um, and again, we can take this kind of however you want to take it. Um, that makes sense for my for my first pick, which is Stanford. Um, academically, makes sense. Michigan, Northwestern, Stanford, that type of thing. Um, and they're they're really really good in a lot of sports that. You know, a lot of the non-revenue, a lot of the Olympic stuff, they're absolutely fantastic. The football program has been good over the last 15 years. And, you know, they can they can perform in basketball at times as well. And this kind of also brings me to a point I wanted to bring up, too, with when you look at what schools are joining, like it's not always just the best program or the best football program. I mean, do we really want every best football program in the same conference? So. I'm not necessarily taking it either as this is the best, um, but I think it will. They do really well in a ton of sports. It's a great academic uh, institution, obviously. And I think it would make sense if they're going to expand on the West Coast. Stanford feels like a Big Ten team to me. They're, I feel like they're already kind of a Big Ten team. They use fullback every now and then, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. And academics is huge there, too. So I'll go with them. Yeah, something worth noting that the Big Ten has always put a premium on is – of these universities that are in the AAU, which is not the basketball thing. It is the association of American universities and technically not technically, this is what they are. Uh, the designation is that they are, are research schools that have like graduate programs. So the only one that isn't that in the big 10 right now is Nebraska, but I believe they were at the time of their addition. So that's not, I mean, that's not a criteria for, for what I'm picking. Notre Dame is not an AAU school as of now. Stanford is, just something worth noting when you're looking at, you know, if you're doing this on your own at home, I think the first schools to kind of look at that would be realistic are ones that are those AAU programs because these university presidents are the ones that ultimately make the call on who to add or not. So I think that Stanford, I think you're totally right. I think everyone in the Big Ten would be on board uh, with that. People often have called the uh, Michigan Stanford of the Midwest. So uh, it works from that uh, perspective as well. So uh, I am going to... Stay in the Pac-12. Stay uh, in on the West Coast for pick number three. My second pick. Uh, talked about it before. I uh, want this conference to span from sea to shining sea, from corner to corner as much as it can. We know the Southeast is kind of there's going to be a big old fence, big old wall built around all that. So my next pick is going to actually be Washington. Uh, it sets you up a nice little foothold. Uh, in Seattle, which is a wonderful TV market, great city, great campus too. I had a chance to get out there this spring. Excited to get there in 2027, I think it is, uh, when Michigan will be back out there. So oh, that's right. Um, would love to do some sailgating out there. But yeah, football. I mean, football has had these these moments. They've been to a couple college football playoffs, uh, but they've been uh, similar to Michigan, where you know traditionally. They, you know, they've sort of been around that nine to 10 wins when things are going right. Obviously, the floor has been much lower, but again, it's another one of those schools. Uh, it checks the AAU box, it checks the, 
the West Coast box um, helps you extend your foothold into the uh, Pacific Northwest. I uh, I think it fits. So uh, Washington would be pick uh, number two for me, pick three overall. You know, it would be funny is if, I mean, obviously you can't do this because the university, but you know how, you know, Seattle's still really mad that the Supersonics got moved. Like they join or something and we, Big Ten moves them from Seattle to, you know, Oklahoma City or something like that. It would make <laughs> more sense geographically. Uh, just a thought. Um, I'm sticking with kind of a different path, and I'm going to go with Virginia. Um, mm. I feel like that's a team that, or a, a school that's already been kind of rumored for years to be a potential Big Ten addition. They're AAU. They're another fantastic academic institution. Um and, you know, I, I think they make sense. Football, they, they would fit right in. Basketball, they obviously have won a national title recently. They can do some things there that I believe they're good in a lot of other sports as well. Um, so I'm going with the Cavaliers. Okay, I like it. That was, uh, to be frank with you, I think that was between, that was kind of my next, uh, the next direction I was going to go there. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. Uh, Virginia is a school that brings value in both of those sports, which, I think is important. I know everyone wants to build a football super conference, but if you're building these conferences out to be nationally relevant in the big picture in both sports, because we think college basketball is probably heading towards uh, heading the way of college football too, just in terms of the NCAA not being, we still need the tournament though. Uh, we do. Mm, yeah, you're right. Um, but they could break off for sure. They, of course they could. So I'm looking at, these other schools on my list here. Gosh. Oh, this is the tough part about doing it live. Um, I'm going to, this is difficult. This is where it starts to get like, which direction do I want to go here? Um, I'm going to head back over. I'm going to piggyback off you and go back over to, uh, ACC country. I'm going to take North Carolina because they have, I think football has been respectable. I think basketball obviously is, is what it has been there. Uh, North Carolina, again, you want another, uh, you want another name. It's not necessarily there in football, though. I think they've made some great strides uh, under Mac Brown over these last couple of years. We're talking long-term. I think that, uh, you know, you're kind of getting closer to at least in terms of recruiting footprint, you can kind of get down to the Carolinas now a little more. You get down into the it's it's right on the edge of where SEC is going to start putting up that wall and, and getting you out of there. So I like North, the value that North Carolina brings. That would be the third school that I had. Yeah, it's another one I would kind of hate to see in a way, especially in basketball. It would just feel weird to me if they won the Big Ten title or something like that. Same with Duke. I feel like they've also been thrown out there. I think those are kind of the the you know among the few ACC schools that have been kind of rumored or talked about as potential Big Ten additions would be Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, you know, the kind of the academics um, and obviously some prowess in the big time sports, North Carolina having a resurgence in football. Um, It's another point for me where, yeah, taking it in a specific direction is going to be tough to do. I really want to go with a wild card pick. Um, you know, right now I've added one on basically on the East coast in Virginia and one 
on the West Coast in Stanford. And if I really want to put this together, I probably would take – I'm going to go with Arizona. Oh. Um, I, I, you know, they have a little, you know, football thing. UC, UCLA is um, – you know, I feel like those are some games that maybe are they, is that a little rivalry or something like that? Um, basketball, it's always an entertaining game, obviously. And I don't know, we're going Pac-12. I think everyone's talking about the Oregon and Washington thing, but I think you know, geographically, closer to LA, um, and could make some sense. So, and if we're talking truly four corners, like you're you're in the Southwest yeah. now. So, yeah. yeah, I could I could. There's there's certainly there's certainly value there. So uh, just to recap through the first six picks, we have two more. I went with Notre Dame. Clayton took Stanford. I took Washington. Clayton takes Virginia. I take North Carolina, and Clayton takes Arizona. So this is the last two here. Uh, I'm going to the one that I think is a little bit surprising that it's still on the board. Uh, I don't know. I do think they're they're being a bit overvalued in terms of. I agree with this. The market that they're in, I think you probably know where I'm going here. Uh, but again, just closing out that foothold on the Pacific Northwest, I'm going to go with Oregon uh, for my last pick here. I think that there's uh, there's obvious value with both football and basketball there. It's not, again, I know I know the, the Eugene, Oregon television market. I, I don't know that that really, um, you know, there's something about, about that brand that moves the needle. It's Nike. It's Nike. Spoiler alert, it's Nike. Uh, that that transcends their location and what they've always been. So uh, I like having that as well, having the brand power behind Nike kind of affiliated with the big 10 in general. So yeah, uh, Oregon is, is the school I would round it out with. I'm surprised they lasted that long. Again, I'm kind of going about it with who I want um, in something about them. I agree with you a little overvalued. They kind of rubbed me the wrong way in this whole thing. So I've just kind of, it has They're nothing to board. do with Dante Moore, I, I promise. <laughs> it's really not. Um, but I, I agree. I, I just kind of feel like it's more of a reaction to, you know, everyone says, you know, once they added USC and UCLA, it was like, oh, well, Oregon and Washington are totally the next two. I was like, are they really that far ahead of some of these other schools? I, I don't know. Why are they so obviously the choice? And then that makes me react. And I do have them on my board, but they were just a little bit lower. Same with Washington. I kind of grouped them in together. So those two pair really well together uh, in, in many different ways. So those are two good picks for you. Um, so I basically have added two West Coast teams, Virginia. Um, and I'm just going to go with one that I feel like should have probably happened a long time ago. And, you know, it's, it's less on the cutting edge type of thinking where, oh, let's get this market or that market. It's just if schools are on the market and schools are kind of shopping around, Iowa State just seems to make sense. They have the rivalry with Iowa. They're in the Midwest. They're basically a Big Ten school as it is. So it's kind of a boring pick, um, but it, it just seems to make sense. If we're going to be shifted around conferences, I feel like they should probably join. There are teams to the west of them, like Nebraska. Um, you know, there's there's no reason why they, you know, don't fit. Um any leftovers that were on your board? I had Navy as a wild card pick that I really wanted to take there with my third. And then Kansas was on there as well. They've also been another team uh, in, um, you know, rumored. I, I don't want them in, though, winning the conference title every year in basketball. But uh, 
who else did I have? Yeah, Oregon, Washington uh, were obviously on mine, but but didn't pick them. But any wild cards or honorable mentions for you? Yeah, I think it, it really. I'm looking at the AAU list right now. Not that that's the prerequisite, but it it did it does kind of help to shape. Uh, I think Cal. If you're if you're bringing Stanford Cal. over, Cal yeah. is one that makes a lot of sense now that you're out there. Um, let's see who else? Kansas is an obvious. It, it doesn't feel sexy, but it's, it would be an obvious addition. Pittsburgh, I think. Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've ever been to Pittsburgh. That feels like a Big Ten city to me. Okay. I think that makes total sense. I'm surprised I didn't think of it either. Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh would make sense to me. Utah is out there. Trying to think if we missed anyone. Utah, yeah. Utah. You could go Utah, Colorado. If you go that route, if you're doing the pairings of two. Um, yeah, yeah. And like I said, you've set the precedent already, where you're, you've shown a willingness to dip into the Pac-12. So I'm trying to see any private schools. No, I mean that pretty much that pretty much covers it. I mean, we're not going up into Canada and getting McGill or the University of Toronto. So that's uh, that's. Who knows? I mean, I, I shouldn't speak so in absolutes like that. So, uh, yeah, I think that anything and everything is on the table. I think the thing about I, I'm not so sure about the Arizona one, but other than that, I think every school that we picked is a realistic option. I think that I mean, heck, if they want to go to eight more schools, all of these schools could join and it would make total sense. So, um, yeah, I know it. it's the G there's there's there are some that make a lot more geographical sense than others. The pits, the Iowa States, the shout out to you for picking Iowa state. I know you're a huge Matt Campbell guy. Um, <laughs> That's true. Maybe I'll all, all of these make sense to me. So um, yeah. Any other thoughts about just in general, how, it, how it played out for us here? No, I, I mean, I think that <laughs> I think it was much more competitive than the spring game draft. Um, I, I agree with that. <laughs> no, I mean, if, if they added your four, Notre Dame, Washington, North Carolina, and Oregon, it makes complete sense. Um, you know, those are – seems like the most likely, like more likely than mine of Stanford, Virginia, Arizona, and Iowa State. If, if it was those four exactly, I would be shocked. If it was your four exactly, I wouldn't be as surprised. Obviously, it's, it's really, really hard to pick the exact four. and It's not even what we were going for, but I, I think we both – uh, threw some good names out there. I think Duke in North Carolina. I, I will say this as we went through it, I noticed the pairings of two basically, you know, Washington, Oregon, North Carolina, Duke. I could probably include like a Pittsburgh and Virginia together in a way, poach a couple from the ACC. Um, you know, Iowa State ne doesn't necessarily have one there. Uh, maybe Iowa State, Kansas, you would go with. So there are some, you know, if you go Arizona, or Stanford Cal is another, you know, thing. So I, I think that there's pairings of two out there. It's going to stay obviously at an even number. And I think we could get to 20, 24 pretty quickly. And then guess what? You might have to split it up into divisions that would be essentially conferences. And here we go. And the whole thing's over again. And the only thing we did was box out the NCAA, which is potentially a plus. So this whole thing's crazy, but um, yeah, it's, it's exciting in a way, even though I, you know, part of me doesn't like it. Um, but it just kind of is what it is. Uh, any final thoughts from you? No, just something in looking over it all. Um, now that we've got the graphic up on the screen for the people that are watching us on the YouTube channel, schools like Washington, like there are pairings there, like 
what happens to the Apple Cup? Washington, Washington State. Like those those two are are tied at the hip. Uh, North Carolina and Duke, tough to split those schools up. I just realized I put Washington on there twice for me, not to be Oregon, but uh, Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, those are rivalries. So I don't know if those are package deals. I think that that's where I think there probably is some credence in the idea that it might just be best for what's left from the Big 12, what's left for the Pac-12 to just kind of join forces. And I, agree. You know, I don't know what their numbers look like, but that might be the first super conference, you know, if things happen in a, in a certain order. So, yeah, I, it's hard to make sense of any of it because in a lot of ways it doesn't make sense. But I think with what's on, we talked about this at the start. The Big Ten is in a position of power here. They are not someone that's going to have to, I mean, they might react to things that the SEC does, but if it's just, it's going to be that push and pull between those two conferences that kind of set the tone. And I think, to be frank with you, I think that's the, um, that's probably the the pissing match that's been going on much longer than just conference realignment. So it's going to be fascinating to me to see where it all goes next. And like I said before, I'm willing to swim in the chaos and see where it goes. And I'll I'll say this for the people, and I know there are a lot of people that are, don't like this. I mean, the first reaction for me is like, oh, shoot, you know, this is happening already. And, you know, we kind of thought things like this were inevitable. But if you think of it in the context of, well, this either happens, this change happens, or the Big Ten and the school you love, most likely Michigan, if you're listening to this, becomes irrelevant. You know, if those are the two options and, you know, Michigan will never be irrelevant, but more irrelevant than it than it is, which is very relevant right now. Um, then, then I think you would choose this. So, uh, you know, we're on that path. Things are going to play themselves out. You're going to add teams. If you add four more out West, I don't think much is going to change. You kind of split into a couple divisions. You do your pods with the protected games. Geography is always going to be there. And, and we're going to see that a little bit more. It'll just be called the big 10, but you know, it's going to be more of a, you know, closer to the NCAA in terms of having, two dozen or, you know, more teams under your umbrella. So things are going to be named different change, but, you know, I think that you'd rather have this than, than the alternative. And uh, quickly we have to kind of put that in perspective, which is really hard to do when something this big is changing, but, but this is basically where we're at. Um, That's our draft. Hopefully people enjoyed that call to action in the comments, comment the four schools that you want to join. Obviously it could be more than four, but, to you know, stay along with our theme of each drafting four. Give us your four picks in the comments of the YouTube channel there if you're watching. So thanks for doing that. Subscribe, and uh, we'll see everyone next time.